Hello, my name is Alex Papangillo from Emory University Hospital. Today I will be interviewing Dr. Paul Garcia. He is an Associate Professor of Anesthesiology and Chief of the Neuroanesthesia Division at Columbia University Medical Center. He trained at Emory University Hospital and remained in the Emory System and Atlanta VA Medical Center to develop his research interest, which has yielded over 50 peer-reviewed publications to date. Paul has been a mentor to multiple graduate students, medical students, anesthesia residents, and postdoc fellows, and has served as a co-director of the MD-PhD program. Dr. Garcia has extensive experience in behavioral and electrophysiologic studies in neuroscience, including pharmacologic examinations of GABA-A receptor activity and how anesthetic drugs and endogenous compounds target these receptors to modify natural sleep and anesthesia. The goals of his translational research are to improve cognitive recovery after general anesthesia, investigate the links between sleep and anesthesia, and restore function in inhibitory neural, neuronal networks after drug exposure or CNS injury. We will be discussing his recent publication in BJA, Association of Electroencephalogram Trajectories During Emergence from Anesthesia with Delirium in the Post-Anesthesia Recovery or Post-Anesthesia Care Unit, an Early Sign of Postoperative Complications. Dr. Garcia has no relevant financial conflicts of interest to disclose. Paul, thanks once again for agreeing to this interview. Can we start by discussing your interest in pachydelirium and why you believe it is an important target for research in anesthesiology? Thanks, Alex. And thank you for inviting me to share my research with the listeners of the SNAC podcast. Pachydelirium is a subcategory of postoperative delirium and really highlights the distinction between a normal versus an abnormal cognitive recovery from general anesthesia. Typically, after our patients emerge from unconsciousness in the operating room, they continue their recovery from the operation in the post-anesthesia care unit, also known as the PACU. Although most patients are still a little sleepy in the recovery room, some are both sleepy and confused. Like many other researchers interested in PACU delirium, we can assess the patient with a validated delirium screen that was specifically designed for use in sedated patients. Whereas some researchers investigate delirium as might occur in the intensive care unit or on the medical or surgical wards, most general anesthesiology practices do not follow patients much beyond the first post-operative day. The acuity of PACU delirium appealed to me as a clinical neuroanesthesiologist and really motivated our group to examine if PACU delirium is associated with adverse perioperative outcomes. Thank you, Paul. I'd like to concentrate on your recent publication, uh, but can you quickly summarize your prior clinical research involving the PACU? Sure. In 2014, my colleagues and I published work 
on how EEG patterns during emergence might associate with postoperative pain. Many are familiar with the rainbow-colored spectrogram representation of EEG data. This early publication of ours heuristically defined different EEG patterns based on this spectral analysis. The sequential progression through these EEG patterns was compared to typical and atypical transitions through the sleep stages upon waking. We also published case reports that examined the potential influence of age and maintenance drug on patients that had multiple episodes of delirium in the PACU. Last year, we published a small study on an association of the pupillary light response with PACU delirium. We've also published reviews on post-operative delirium and a special, uh, special mini-review specifically on PACU delirium. This one was written with colleagues from the University of Wisconsin and Waikato Hospital in New Zealand. Turning to your article recently published in October 2018, what data led you to pursue emergence pattern as a marker of delirium? Well, I first became interested in EEG patterns and their potential association with delirium through my previous work on sleep and sleep disorders. I wanted to understand why most people who wake from sleep typically feel refreshed and at their cognitive best but this was not the case for patients waking from anesthesia. Although sleep and anesthesia are not exactly the same, they obviously share phenotypic, pharmacologic, and neurophysiologic traits. And for this reason, I became very interested in the similarities and differences in the neurophysiologic mechanisms that underlie waking up from anesthesia and sleep. Additionally, since 2011, I've been fortunate to organize several collaborative meetings sponsored by the James S. McDonald Foundation, and these are all focused on waking up. These meetings not only involve many SNAC members, but also interdisciplinary researchers from anesthesiology, neuroscience, physics, engineering, neurology, and psychiatry. These discussions have not only helped shape the research direction of my group, but have resulted in many other collaborative projects that have had a large impact on our specialty. Can you discuss the main clinical findings of your study? I would be happy to. We determined that based on patterns of EEG spectrograms, patients can be grouped into several different EEG trajectories during emergence from general anesthesia. Some of these sequences were more likely to be associated with PACU delirium while others were less likely to be associated with PACU delirium. Patients that did not demonstrate significant spindle power or oscillations in the alpha frequency early in their emergence appeared to be at greatest odds of developing PACU delirium. Moreover, we determined that patients with PACU delirium were more likely to stay longer in the hospital and more likely to be readmitted to the hospital after their operation. Interestingly, we also determined that birth suppression during anesthetic maintenance was associated with PACU delirium, independently confirming what has previously been shown for postoperative delirium assessed at later time points. Do you believe these findings are translatable to current general anesthesia practice? Very much so indeed. Anesthesiologists can observe these neurophysiologic patterns from currently available FDA-approved processed EEG devices like this, Narcotrend, and Sedline. Anesthesiologists may anticipate at a very early stage that some patients are on a less than favorable cognitive trajectory. 
what do you view as the next steps in research into pachydelirium? I am fortunate to have worked with and to continue to work with some amazing people. Jamie Slay from New Zealand and members of his research group have begun to collect data on a multi-site clinical trial designed to pharmacologically influence spindle power during maintenance. Additionally, Matthias Kreutzer at the Technical University of Munich in Germany continues to generate interesting mechanistic explanations for our results that we've published with reanalysis of our EEG database. I look forward to continuing these collaborations and uh, coming back and talking and discussing our future results soon. Dr. Garcia, thank you for spending the time to speak to SNAC members about this very important topic. Postoperative delirium continues to attract substantial research interest. Your data represents a significant step in understanding the different EEG trajectories during emergence from anesthesia and their association with pachydelirium. Once again, thank you. Thank you very much, Alex.